0: and welcome to episode 80 of No Crying in Baseball, the Let the Kids Play episode. My name's Patty and I'm here with my friend Pottymouth. 80, 80. I feel old. 80 is the new
1: 40. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Could, 80 is it feels like the number of innings that we watched at the Nats game last night.
0: Oh good God. so we're feeling old, but there are some young kids doing great things. Can I tell you why I don't miss Bryce Harper? Please do. I don't miss Bryce Harper because we have all this young blood on the Nationals who are raking and are so much fun to watch and are playing with so much joy. And today they were historic in what they did. The Nationals had three players, under 21 and under. One of them's 22 or 21 who homered in the same game. Never happened before. I bet I could name them. Do it.
1: Juan Soto, Victor Robles, and Carter. Kaboom!
0: Kaboom! That's absolutely true. Another fun fact that I just learned, there hasn't been a major league team that had three players... 21 and under on the starting lineup since 1997. That would be the Marlins in 1997. Not bad. How about that? Um, Along the the Let the Kids Play line, um, Cody Bellinger, age 23. So he's an old guy compared to these guys. Over the hill. Tied Christian Yelich at the ripe old age of 27, who also today... Hit the fourteenth home run of the season so far, and so they both have tied Pujols and Arod for the most home runs hit before May first in Major League Baseball history. And there's still two more games each to play. Sounds good to me. After uh, surviving
1: those 10 innings last night, the only thing that made it better, especially because that 10th inning involved six runs by the opposing team, was that we went to a great brewery near Nats Park called the Blue Jacket. So I highly recommend it to everybody. And I want to give a little bit of a shout out to my friend Miguel, who doesn't know about this podcast at all, but he works at the Blue Jacket. So if you go there, local people, ask for Miguel. And just just say that you've heard good things about him on the No Crying in Baseball podcast.
0: <laughs> on today's show, we're going to talk about our predictions, how they how they look a month after we made them. Keeping us honest, little hint: we're not doing very well. We're going to talk about call ups, Vlad Junior getting a lot of press, and Carter Keyboom of the aforementioned home run. The next in our series of occasional rules today, we're going to talk about dress code for ball games. And then we're going to welcome a super special guest, Kristen Atwell, the general manager of the Greenville Reds. We had a great talk with her. We hope you enjoy it, too. Okay, so about a month ago, we made predictions as to how the standings were going to end up, who was going to make the playoffs, who was going to win the World Series, and also MVP and Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, all of those things. So we thought we would take a look a month in and perhaps every month to see how we're doing. Oh, no. Oh no is correct. This so this is bad for me. It's it was, it's bad for us. We are, we are a team here in our bad yes, team and yeah. <laughs> So American League division leaders. Guess how many we have right so far. Not many. None. None. No buddy, none. Yeah. We're close, are we?
1: We are we are very close. We're uh, number 2 but we try harder. We are number 2 that we, we try harder the the Yankees who we both have I think as, you had them as division leader and I had them as wild card they're number 2 and they're bulletproof they're injured all over we were talking about that for the past couple of weeks they got more injured today with your guy LeMayhu going oh, on the I think he's on the boyfriend. IL yeah he is and Ursula, who has been dynamic from coming out of nowhere at third base Injured, but they seem to be just unpenetrable. Like they're just going to have another 67th string come in and do amazing. So damn Yankees. They're still just two games back as of this recording.
0: We are doing much better in the National League. So I have the Dodgers and the Phils as two of my picks, and they are on top, barely hanging on by the skin of their teeth. And you've got one.
1: I've got the cards. So that's my only pick on the top, but almost all of my other picks are actually number two. So I feel okay about that. My only two picks who are not number one or number two are the two teams that I picked for the World Series, the Nationals <laughs> and the Red Sox. So there's, there's a problem there, but... You know, I'm trying. I'm, so I'm close. Is
0: April twenty eighth still in the? It's still early. Totally, is it's it? not May. It's is not it? May. Okay, yeah. but if it happens next week or next time we check in, let's
1: let's go your birthday.
0: Let's, okay, let's mid-man. say they've we'll got to be mid-man. good by your birthday. Okay. all right. Well, let's look. Maybe we're doing better with the um the most valuable player awards. Mm-mm. Oh yeah, no, we're not. No, we're not. We are not. So right now, if I were to pick National League MVPs today. I would pick Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger. That's because not what you said before, though, right? No, yeah. I, I'm completely wrong. Okay. Both of us are completely wrong <laughs> yes, with our yes, initial picks. So, you know, again, it's early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll turn around. Um, and the American League, again, I am way wrong. You're way wrong.
1: Yeah, so far, so far. But Mookie Betts, who I picked to go back to back, which was really hopeful, He's starting to come back. I'm not sure if it's up to MVP caliber, but definitely not as much as who you think is on top now.
0: And to be fair, Christian Yelich did not start out hot last year. He was like after the All-Star game is when mm-hmm. he kicked into gear and he ended there up winning. So it could still happen. But if I look at the stats today, it's our pal Tim Anderson of the White Sox and Eddie Rosario of the Twins who are killing it. So they would be, abs- if he had to vote for D- Today, that's who I would vote for.
1: Tim Anderson of the extra bat flip this week that was well-deserved with, what was it, a walk-off home run? And, and he deserved to really show that he means that bat flip.
0: I like that he mixes it up. You, you referred to that one as a change-up. He did a different kind this time. This oh, okay. one, he just me a change-up. Yep. Okay, so how are we doing with Rookies of the Year? We are not far off. Mine started playing. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah, with the American League. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll talk about Vlad in just a minute. And Jimenez is doing really well. Um, but Brad Lowe of the Rays is killing it. So if I had a pick today, I would go with, with Brad Lowe if I were voting. Um, I'm still hoping for Jimenez. And, and I'm certainly all behind Vlad for sure. In the National League, both of our guys are actually doing super well. My guy, Alonzo, has got a slight lead in a couple categories over Tatis. And then today happened.
1: Yeah, he did really well today, Tatis. He got three hits in a stolen base and then did this amazing split to try to get the catch. And uh, he split too hard is what it looks like. Like it was a really rough looking split. And, and his foot left the bag too. So it didn't even work, but he then left the game. I think he's day to day. I'm not quite sure what's going to go on with yeah, that.
0: Yeah. I mean, this just happened right before we yes. w- went into record. So there were no diagnoses made yet, but it looked ugly, but we hope the best for tatis. Um For Cy Young, I got to say Trevor Bauer is right in there. So I'm Sci. kind of okay with my American League mm-hmm. pick. Uh,
1: check our Facebook <laughs> feed for an article about Bauer and my feelings on him.
0: Yeah. Okay. How are you doing with your Cy Young pick for the American League? Not so
1: good at all. See see what I did there? Yeah. But Chris Sale actually had a decent start today for maybe the first time or the second (laughs) time. So as you said, it's early.
0: He might come around. Sure. sure. Both of us picked Max Scherzer for um, National League Cy Young, and he has the most strikeouts right now. So uh, this is always a funny one to vote for because people choose to vote for different things, like DeGrom winning it last year with a losing record. Because other stats were so good. Um, however, Luis Castillo of the Reds is killing it. So if I were to look at numbers today and pick one, that's who I would pick. So we'll check again in a month to see if we're um, getting out of the it's too early into the C. We were right all along. Think it'll happen? Well, we'll see. I'm going to just
1: I'm going to refrain from judgment on that. I'm just excited that my rookie of the year pick is finally playing. And that's Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who debuted on Friday. And y'all might be sick of hearing of him because it's just all over the place. So I'll try to condense it a little bit. I, I go for the awe factor, right? I just love no, wait, this, the awe. Yeah, that's factor, it. Right, that one. Yeah, yeah. that one. Yeah. That one. But all the stuff that his dad is posting, and the and the video of his dad when he got his first hit, and he showed up to the game in his dad's old Expos jersey, and his dad said in this little video, "I didn't know when I gave you my name, I also gave you my swing." So yeah. I was trying to watch that debut game because I know I had a pick, but I was also having some complicated family issues that night. And I got to the to the end of the eighth inning. I had watched him not get a hit three times. He should have come up in the end of the eighth, but then that inning ended. So I knew he was coming up at the beginning of the ninth and I got distracted and I came back right after he got the hit. So I'm a little like dang potty mouth language insert right now. He's good for Toronto. He has improved attendance, about 9,000 above average for this series, facing the A's, where he went three for 12, which is pretty good. And another just little comment about him is he faced the first of there will be many pitchers who also pitched to his dad. That would be Brett Anderson of the A's. And uh, he didn't get a hit. He walked. He went for 0 for 2. And his dad was 1 for 5 against Anderson in the year 2009 to 2010, but much more on that to come.
0: So the other call-up that happened this weekend that's not getting nearly the press that Vlad is getting because mainly the awe factor mm-hmm. and because Vlad made a much bigger sma- splash yeah. in the minors for a longer time is Carter Keeboom, who is the Nationals' number one prospect. He got called up mainly because we've got a bunch of injuries happening on the Nats and we needed some infielders. Thank you very much. And um, he put the boom and keyboom on his, his first major league hit was a monster home run which was very exciting. And then when we went to see him on Saturday, nothing at all. And mm-hmm. today when we did we not go it. to see him, he homered again. So he's only had, I think, no, maybe two hits. Maybe he might have had one one more hit. I'm not sure, but two of them were home runs. So woohoo, hoo Carter And just
1: to, to note, those were both game-tying home runs toward the end of the game. So they were really key clutch home runs at an intense time for a guy who'd been up one, two, three days. He's been up three days.
0: They were they were it was really fun to watch and um, for the off factor there's lots of footage of his parents watching in oh, the yeah. stands and just jumping for joy and hugging and it was pretty sweet points for that uh, because you know he's 21 years old so this is very cool so these guys are are just amazing at this young age and we're so happy they're in the majors and I'm going to say two words to you service time mm-hmm. do you remember a few weeks ago we said we're not going to see these these upcoming stars until the end of April because that will be just long enough that they can then play basically a full season, but still stay under the limit for um, team control so that the team gets another year of team control over them before they are then eligible for free agency. So yeah, that happened. That's the way it works, huh? We have been dabbling in some rules. And in and, and our service to you, our listeners, we want to help you enjoy the game of baseball more. And today we thought we would talk about dress code. You're going to a ball game. Whatever will you wear? My matching heels? You could, if you wanted. If you are not going to do any walking, <laughs> up to our seats. That's not going to work. Yeah. So if you're in the nosebleeds right. where we are, you're going to want comfortable shoes. But so largely, people wear the, a team shirt. If they mm-hmm. can wear a team shirt, either you're going to see your, you know, the home team, or you might be supporting the visiting team. More power to you. Welcome. See the rules rules about booing and catcalling mm-hmm. <laughs> before, especially when you're visiting. So if you don't have gear for one of the teams you're going to see, there's a couple things you can do. One is you can just wear the team colors, which is kind of a going to the game right from work tip. If you, if it's not casual Friday and you can't wear your, your jersey or your t-shirt to work, wear the team colors, bring a cap and you are ready to go. If you want to mix it up a little bit, this is where it gets funny. And I think, I'm not sure if I invented these rules, but I sure as heck talk about people who break them. I'm, I'm willing to give you credit for this. So here's the thing. You can wear, if you're going to a ball game, you can wear a, another shirt from that same sport. So if you're going to a baseball game, you could wear a baseball shirt from a team that's not playing, but it's the same sport. So clearly you love the sport. Okay. But you can't wear a different sport from a different city because that's just foolish. You could wear a different a different sport from the same city. So if I go see the Nationals play, I could wear a Capitol shirt. That's the Washington, D.C. hockey game because it's still mm-hmm. a Washington, D.C. shirt. But you're saying
1: I can't wear my Patriots Super Bowl winning t-shirt to a really game? never, anywhere. No, not no don't ever, ever wear that. <laughs> but I have a couple of them, actually you, several. You
0: do. They're probably great for sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or maybe lounging in your own home, right? Okay, so for instance, if you were going to a Nationals game, you could wear a Rockies t-shirt, but not a Colorado Avalanche t-shirt right? Same sport, different city. That's okay. You could go, you could wear, if you wanted to wear a hockey shirt, you could wear the cap shirt to ants game, but not the avalanche shirt. Because, because it's the
1: same city. I get it. It's, yeah. Right?
0: So I'm not picking on the avalanche. It was just an easy call because mm-hmm. they have both a major league team and a hockey team, but go avalanche. Um, so there's that. Now, what about rally caps? See, we are, we are rally cap wearers. Yeah. We were at a game where they made a difference.
1: Yeah, and the guy that we were with did not rally his cap and we're blaming him for this loss.
0: Right. So we we rallied our caps immediately. In our case, we turned them inside out. You could wear them like backwards and flipped up. There's a couple of different like crazy ways you could wear them like a shark fin. There are many different ways of wearing a rally cap. But the thing is you need to show your team that you believe in them and that they're, that they're gonna come from behind. So you can wear them in the late innings. Or you could wear them a lot earlier if your team is being blown out early, but it looks like you can come back. Rally caps matter. They make a difference. The last thing I'm going to say about dressing for a ball game is from my job as a mom, I want you to bring layers and sunscreen because you just never know.
1: Yeah. Check the weather forecast, but be prepared. Throw that little poncho in the bag. Uh, bring, bring the hat, both the winter hat, if it's April, you know. Get prepared, especially if you're going up on on a high level, too. Like we're up in the nosebleeds. There's wind up there. Yep. So be prepared,
0: and there are pigeons.
1: Oh crap! So you they might want to really bring are. a change
0: of gear. Yes, <laughs> literally, well.
1: literally. Oh crap! We did. We got. We got yeah. pigeoned the other day. But I, I now have a little rally towel in my nats bag. I have my little drawstring bag with all my essentials in there, and I put the rally towel in in case of cleanup or having to wipe off the seat. But I'm learning. I'm learning. It's not just for rallies anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: If you have tips on dressing for games or other rules you want us to talk about, let us know. You can find us all over social media.
1: So here on No Crying in Baseball, we are going to continue our tour of the minor leagues. Today, we're talking to the general manager of the Greenville Reds, Kristen Atwell. Hey, welcome, Kristen, to No Crying in Baseball. Hi, thank you guys for having me. We are really happy to have you. We've, we've been looking around, getting a little bit of information about you, and I we have to say the first thing that we found out is that you are minor league baseball's youngest GM and not youngest female GM, but youngest GM period. Is that right?
2: Yes, I am.
1: So 23 <laughs> years old, you're a general manager. How did you do this so fast?
2: Um, I've always been a very motivated person. I've always had kind of a different mindset than my age group. I have an older brother that I can kind of thank for, leading me a little bit. He he was a division one athlete and, and I was a collegiate athlete and I kind of followed through his steps and always hung out with the guys. I was a tomboy. I got into sports early. And then when I got into college, I, I started working in sports management and sports administration. And it kind of led me to a business minded aspect from there and business driven um, career path. I kind of just didn't really have a choice. I knew that it felt right and it clicked. And I just I I study hard and I take notes and I listen to podcasts and do a lot of stuff very unique in my daily routine. And it just kind of worked out for me. I was just kind of very blessed.
1: Congratulations. Well, we're all in favor of the live it, listening to podcast part. So keep keep that up.
0: <laughs> really all those oh, things, the whole work okay. ethics—a big a big thing too. Yeah. I kind of like that. So, yeah. <laughs> so what I saw was that the Greenville Reds play in a stadium on the university where you went to school and where you played ball. So what's it yeah. like kind of tra- doing going through this transition from being a student there to being a professional on the same place?
2: Well, I will tell you, it was a little bit easier for me because I did coach there after my collegiate career. So, um, I went to the university of Finley, which is in Northern Ohio. I was there for almost two years and then the fall of 2014, I transferred to Tusculum. that was a college at the time. They're a university now. I finished my basketball career as an athlete, and then I was like, you know, I'm going to stay and get my master's. In 2017, I got my strength and conditioning certification, and for two years, I trained the women's basketball team there in strength and conditioning and did their workouts. So I was (laughs) essentially training people and had people working out and texting me about their nutrition plans and workouts and bodies and stuff like that that I played with or rode on the bus next to, or may have even gone to a party with. So wow. my mindset, my mindset had to shift very fast and I had to mature with the snap of a finger. And um, I guess you can say that the professionalism started there because I had two years to kind of shift all of that over into a coaching aspect. And then when the affiliate changed, uh it used to be Houston. Now it's Cincinnati. That's affiliation here in Greenville. You know, all of the staff positioning came available, and right after our basketball career, I was like, I have to get back into baseball, and baseball has really interested me. And um, I I just got blessed with that opportunity to be the the AGM last year, and then got promoted this past November. So that's amazing. So when you said get get
1: back into baseball, I'm curious, did you have baseball connections before you played basketball
2: through through college? Yeah. So back in 2017, um, I actually did a strength and conditioning. The the certification I talked about, I did a little bit of studying at Emory and Henry College in Emory, Virginia. And that's about half an hour from my hometown. While I was living in Wytheville at home over the summer, I did an internship in stadium operations with the Pulaski Yankees, who Yay, are also in hey, our league. We know those people. <laughs> yeah, you know those people. So um, I did an internship with them. Very blessed for the leadership I got when I was there and the connections that I made. And I got back into basketball, which is I'd been around basketball my entire life. And, you know, I just, b- baseball felt right to me. The, the long hours, the early mornings, the late nights, the, the random tarps, the, the, <laughs> the, the random everything, the random throw up on the concourse, the random <laughs> to you. like everything clicked to me, everything that people like smirk at or, you know, get disgusted with. I was like, Oh my gosh, I love this stuff. Like, this is awesome. So it just made me a very, very perfect fit because nothing grosses me out. It doesn't weird me out. Nothing's too adverse for me. I just, I knew it's what I wanted to do. And I was like, I will make it to the top, you know, even if I have to start with baby steps. So even though I was really young, um, last year I was the AGM to a GM who was in the, he's been in the game for 30 years. He was a director of stadium ops, a GM at a Knoxville team, a GM for a double A, double A team in our company. And um, when he decided to kind of trickle out of the game, I got promoted and I was just blessed for that leadership. And now I get to have people that that look up to me in that sense. So I everything clicked different for me mentally and everything's been a different path for me than all of my friends and everybody around me. And so that's what kind of makes me unique because I don't have a different story than anybody else you may meet. So
0: two things. One is I'm really impressed by like this absolute ded- dedication and work ethic that you've got. It takes a lot of people a lot longer to get there. And number two, the way you described your job is exactly how I would describe parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The early, early mornings, the late nights, the random tarps and the throw up on the, on the concourse. I mean, that's exactly parenthood.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you I, have uh, many skills. <laughs> yeah. I, I can imagine. I'm not a parent myself. As I explained earlier, I do have two adopted uh, cats that I have that I, I brought into my home that I am a parent to. But you know, in the sense that I'm fortunate to be one one day, I can say I'll be prepared at a small portion of it, I'll be prepared. Right. You <laughs> These are transferable skills. So oh, yeah.
0: When we were doing some research, one of the articles in which your name popped up was about increasing attendance in the minor leagues. And yes. they cited your team. Congratulations. That's awesome. And one of the things that you were quoted as saying is about the community involvement increasing attendance. And I want to know more about that. What does that look like?
2: Yeah. So community involvement for me, any opportunity when the affiliate changed, um, I know I kind of keep bringing up that a little bit, but you all probably don't know a whole lot about the Greenville history, which is why I'm here. But um, <laughs> uh, the Houston Astros were actually here for 14 years when the stadium was built. Wow. We were here um, for uh, the first time a minor league team had established here was in 2004. And so when this team uh, left in 2018 and Cincinnati affiliated in January of 2018, end of 2017, uh, you know, everything was new. This is a small town. This is an older demographic. We've got an older fan, va- fan base. We've got a very small town, people very, very set in the way things have always been. And, you know, I. I had to get every chance that I could to make people see that this was good change. This is positive change. This is very, very good change. And I, you know, every meeting that I saw, every, I don't know if you guys are on Facebook, but every little Mm -hmm. event that popped up, I made sure I was at it. I made sure I was volunteering with a red shirt at it. I made sure I was in that meeting and tell them about our schedule and about when the players get here and about how, how good, how much good our company is trying to do and, And how much change we're going to bring to Greenville after a team was here 14 years. We were here this year, too, now. So um, it's been hard, but it's also been very fun. And it's been a journey for me and an experience that not many people get. You know, a lot of people can take over new teams and a lot of people can take over new facilities. But it's hard to say, hey, you know, there was a team and a staffer for 14 years and I'm the first different face that everybody's seeing how do I get them to trust me and how do they, I get them to believe that prices, food, more points of sale for beer, good points of sale for beer, <laughs> more engagement, different promotions, a different affiliation, different looking blow ups, different on field games, different intern faces. How do I get them to see that these things are good and these things are going to bring, you know, good business to to Greene County?
1: Wow. Okay. And, and
2: you rocked it. I mean, to, to give you a lot of credit,
1: you were number one in raising attendance in your league. Isn't that correct?
2: We were number one in the, in the league. Yeah. And then number two overall in minor league baseball by by over 400 people per game. (laughs) That is amazing. um, It's just, it's mind blowing to me because when you're walking a concourse or, you know, in my case, I may be carrying an empty keg behind my head or something like that. People see and they're like, dang, you know, like they're always all over the place, but we actually rarely watch the games. We see people, we talk to people, we shake people's hands, we make eye contact and we make conversation. And, you know, it's kind of hard to get that grasp unless you're looking at the number at the end of the night. You're like, holy crap, we really got a (laughs) lot of support tonight. And we really had a lot of eyes under our field tonight. And I, I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate the support. And it's just you know it's mind blowing. Uh, you know I'm not only trying to get people to trust a female; I'm trying to get people to trust a, a young female and a female that they haven't known before. So, you know everything that I do has to be positive. Everything that I do has to be influential. And I tried to tell our interns last year. I said, "I know what your I know what your packets say. Your position is, but I need <laughs> you to know." <laughs> I told him, I said, "I need you to know that everywhere you go, you." are a director of first impressions for the Greenville Ritz. So.
0: Yeah, if, if it wasn't for the the hellish commute that I would anticipate, <laughs> I would work for you in a second, Kristen. Absolutely. Oh,
1: I love that director of first impressions. I, I'm going to borrow that regularly. It's a great yeah. line. It absolutely yeah, is. I
2: actually, I actually got that off of a podcast. I, I got that Passing. off of listening to uh, – podcasts are great, but I got that off of listening to BDD, which is business done differently, and it's cool. just a different approach to – to business because everybody, everybody sees the suit, the tie, the the slicked back hair, and they see you carrying the suitcase in. And to us, you know, people walk into our business and on a game day, I'm wearing a polo pair of khakis. I've got some big league chew in my, in my mouth. And <laughs> I've probably, you know, probably got a bag of popcorn in my hand and a keg in the other, or a thing of Skittles or something I'm taking to the concession stand, you know, like, People walk in and say, well, I I thought this was a business. I wanted to talk to the manager. And it's like, yeah, I am. I I actually was just inventorying. (laughs) Hands on. Hands on is great. In the stadium.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So these things that you tell your interns and this first impression thing, how does that also relate to your players? You've got all these, these young guys coming up and they're coming from lots of different places. This might be their first time in the United States to begin with. And you've already described, you know, the small town that was kind of resistance to change. How do you, how do you make that work? And like, how do you help these guys and how do you help the town welcome these folks who are way different than folks who live there?
2: Well, one thing I did last year, um, was we had a player meet and greet when the players, the players actually got here on a Sunday night. Last year we opened on on the 19th and we had, they got here on the the night of the 17th. So the 18th, we had this meet and greet to where all the players had a table. They had their name in front of it and they had just kind of like a, a list of familiar businesses, restaurants, people, season ticket holders. So they kind of looked at it a little bit, briefed a little bit, honestly, I don't know if they really even did. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> when these people came up to them, they were introducing themselves, welcoming them to the community. And this was a way for the players to say, hey, I just got into Greenville, but management's already doing a really good way of welcoming us and having this little cookout for us. Plus all these people are come by and bringing us goodie bags or, or stickers or a bag of brownies or cookies or something that they've made. And they're welcoming them into the community. And we also have players up at the beginning of games that are talking to the fans and that our season ticket holders can talk to. And I try to take them, gosh, this past year I tried to take them to a couple different places. We took them to a parks and rec event. We took them to a couple boys and girls club skill clinics just to, to high five the kids or just to show parades. up and be there for the kids. Um, parades. We haven't really had a lot of parades during the summer, but parades are things that we can take them to. And and get them involved with. But honestly, as a Rookie League General Manager, I don't have a lot of hearsaying control over them. You know, I can Mm -hmm. I can take them to community events and corporate events that I have that can really help them get engaged with the Greenville community and vice versa with getting to know the players. But I actually had a lot of American players this past year, a lot of English speaking guys and a lot of guys that actually commuted and brought their own cars. So I had a lot of guys that would Maybe we'd see out at restaurants or they they didn't like the meal that was being catered after the game. They'd just go right to a fast food restaurant. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's different from some other teams. Like I I can tell you that was we've got a different diversity than maybe some other teams. So it just kind of depends on the draft and it depends on the affiliation, because the crew they sent me. Honestly, I didn't have that many that didn't speak English, probably a handful, to be honest with you. So it wasn't too difficult. But I can tell you that the parents were amazing for the guys that were local or from North Carolina or from somewhere else in the country, because their parents still messaged me on Facebook. Their parents <laughs> sent sweet. me pictures from spring training in Goodyear, Arizona. Their parents still say, hey, I'm coming to the game. Don't forget to leave those will call tickets. And I know they're going to remind me when season comes. So they still reach out to me and they still treat me like family, which is great, because when I see those guys move up, or even like Jonathan India, he's in Daytona right now. When I see them start moving up within the organization, I'm like, hey, that face started in Greenville. That face was signing for State Farm. That face was giving hand fans out for one of our jewelry places. That face was giving pocket schedules out right beside me in front of the retail store. It's it's just stuff like that that you just kind of like, hey, I'm, I'm kind of glad I had the small influence on them. That's going to be great. And that's going to be
1: happening
0: more and more, I would guess, throughout your career. So these skills that you're honing are, are absolutely transferable. I mean, this is not like only work and minor league ball. These are corporate skills. These are community skills or nonprofit skills. What, what what do you hope your career path is going to look like? Do you want to stay in baseball? Would you want to just say, where can I get the most challenge? Because clearly you love that. What do you, you think yeah.
2: next for you? I can tell you that right now I would love to stay in baseball. I don't see, you know, everybody has... We see these I'm sure you guys as moms, see these posts on Facebook every day that are so funny that people post uh it's Monday, or I'd rather be th- doing this than going to work today and I can honest to God tell you all that I would I never think about posting something like that when I get up in the morning i I could swear I am such a I'm a Christian and I'm a religious person, but I can right hand on the Bible swear to you I've never since I've been in baseball thought about ever complaining about my job and I can honestly say that like I can very positively say that and that is how I know that I'm in the right position right now and that I'm in the right position until my mind or my routine tells me otherwise to stay in baseball because I I never have negative thoughts or I never I'm with my family and I get a call and I know it's a call that I've been waiting on or I was let me use an example I was in Ireland the past 10 days um, this past week and I was answering emails. I had a couple calls for sale that I was really, really trying to get done by Friday evening. And we were at the Guinness Store Warehouse.
0: Oh. That I was sounds at the Guinness nice.
2: store warehouse. And I had a call with a partner that had a question about pricing on option I can tell you right now, I know what it was. It was option B of a proposal that I'd made on their contract. <laughs> and I pulled up the email in point Oh, 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 00004 font. You know how it is on iPhones. You can't see like I am. I pulled it up on my iPhone and I zoomed in and I said, this is actually the price and this and this. And she goes, absolutely. That's awesome. That's all I had. I didn't want to swing by the o- office, but that's the only question I had for you. And I said, not a problem. I said, just shoot me, shoot me a message if you have any other questions. She's like, awesome. Have a great day. And I maybe lasted two minutes, but it's like, I knew that that was coming through. And you pond. I don't even know what time it was there. It was probably noon there and it was five o'clock where we were at having dinner and and whatnot. But it was important to me and I didn't even I didn't even think twice like, oh I'm doing this. I was like, you know what? It it always feels right to me. No matter what I'm doing in my job. It always feels right to me. It could be eight o'clock at night and I get a call or there's something I'm trying to seal. And it doesn't feel like a burden to me no matter what I'm doing. You right. know, if I have to schedule a meeting or do something it never feels it doesn't feel wrong to me if if I know that it's bettering our organization or it's helping me further my career or further my experience in something that could help me in a maybe higher level one day or or in the same level for all I know. Things change all the time. So I would like to stay here right now, but I have a very, very large interest in psychology. My master's degree that I got um, back at, towards the end of 2017 was in human resource so, I mean, I know from this conversation, you guys can tell I'm so shy. I don't like working <laughs> with people at all. Yeah, definitely. But from my master's degree was in human resource. So I love dissecting problems and challenges and, and working with people. So I could always see myself in, in more of like an HR management, you know, maybe, maybe late down the road. But um, right now I'm very happy where I'm at and I don't have any complaints. So, you know. What do they so say? Stay if with no, that. If it's not, don't fix it. So.
1: Yeah, I, I just want to say that from, from the other end of sort of that career arc, you know, there are so many of us here speaking with you and also listening who can't quite say the same thing about our jobs. I definitely am not that cheery, look forward to Monday morning kind of person. I love my job. But I complain about it an awful lot. And uh, and I would say, you know, you've got that. Keep going. And it seems yeah. like you're going to have a lot of opportunities, a lot of areas where you have so much skill and background you're going to be plugging into. Baseball is lucky to have you. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. And, you know, maybe it's because I'm young in my career. I do have a lot of people that tell me all the time. They say, oh, you're young in your career. Like, trust me it'll burn off and I'm don't you know, believe them don't believe them yeah so sometimes I kind of laugh but at the same time it's like maybe yours did but I I don't choose to, to see things that way and honestly I'm a I'm a huge mental person I believe the way you think is the way you act and if I think that way or if I really do think that one day it'll burn off and I need to have a backup then my mind and my body and my actions and the things I do to on a day-to-day basis are going to plan accordingly. And if I don't, then I'm just going to keep trucking like I am. And, and I think that that's perfect for me. And I don't plan on changing that unless I'm forced to change. And, you know, even when that comes, I'll find a way to make do so. It'll work out. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I think. (laughs) So we're going to take
1: a little bit of a left turn here because we saw your mascot online. And we are very curious because it seems like an interesting mix of different things together. What What's its
2: name and where did it come from? Do you, do you know? Well, um, I would love to tell you this past year we did not have a mascot. So oh, where did that picture year, come from? Yeah, this year will be the first year that we have a mascot. Um, it, it, well, with the Cincinnati Reds, it's Mr. Redlegs. He's the one with the mustache. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It, yeah. And then there's Rosie red She's the female with the black hair that has a little red cap on.
0: I met them at the Great American Ballpark. yes,
2: I know them well. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you meet Blooper and Mr. Red too? Or it's or it's Gapper, maybe the big red fuzzy guy.
0: <laughs> you know, not personally. <laughs> there were there were a lot
2: of like fuzzy and
0: large headed, you know, beings Stop. running around, but yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I will tell you this year I'm going to have two. Um, I'm going to piggyback off of the Cincinnati Reds, but I'm also going to customize them a little bit to Greenville. I'm going to have Davy Redlegs, which um, Davy Crockett. You nailed wrote. it, Patty. I did. I said they Davy Crocketted the 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 logo. Yeah. Yay! Yay! Yeah. So a little background on him. He he was a representative at the U.S. House of Representatives in the Texas Revolution. Um, he, he was also a representative who died at the Alamo, if you're, you're into the history kind of stuff. But he, where the university and our kind of area gets the pioneers, um, he was a pioneer who was famous for storytelling. So um, somebody came up to me one day and they were like, Davy Crockett, you know, Davy Redlegs would be a really good name for your mascot. It was <laughs> actually one of our directors in the Boys and Girls Club. And he's like, he's from Limestone. He's from Greenville, Tennessee. He was a Greene County resident. You should really piggyback that onto your mascot and kind of use him as tradition with the coonskin attachment to his cap. And I was like, you know, that would be a good idea. So that's kind of in process right now. And it's being made right now. And that's you'll see that as our season starts. He's going to be Davey Redlegs.
1: That totally works. Yeah, Patty exactly said that. And yep. I think that we need to get some merch. Maybe we can get some stickers or something. Bumper sticker. We, yeah, it always
2: comes down to this. We we want a road trip. Well, now that we have each other's information, please send me your addresses. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking and of. then uh, my, female, my female mascot will be Reese Redlegs, um, <laughs> our, our Boys and Girls Club that has a little girl that is the director's – I want to say it's his niece – Her name is Reese. She's very, very sweet girl. Huge fan. One of our number one fans. And um, one day when we were going over the mascot suits and stuff like that, and I was getting people's opinions, um, she kind of had a big input on it. So she's going to be Reese Redlegs. Um, And I will give you a little bit of um, background on Rosie Redlegs that you may not know. But Rosie, the Cincinnati Reds, Rosie Redlegs. Rosie stands for Rooters Organized to Stimulate Interest and Enthusiasm.
0: No, uh. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was like I, a
2: riveter thing, Rosie right? the Riveter. Yeah. No, I, I promise you. So back in 1964, I was reading the guy who was the owner at the time was looking to move the franchise. Like he was like, we have to move a team out of here. And Cincinnati got a group of 40 individuals who were corporate individuals. Three of the biggest names I wrote down here in my notebook were Kroger, Frisch's Burgers, and General Electric at the time. They came together on this big, it was kind of like a chamber board. I can imagine them just sitting around this board in 1964 saying, hee, 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 we're going to try to figure out how to increase the attendance over the ballpark so they don't leave. So they came together and they made this pretty much packed to grow attendance by 1 million people by the end of the 1965 season. And they pitched it to the owner. And, you know, if I had to guess, I'm guessing they did it because they're not gone yet. So <laughs> I, was, I was reading on that when I was looking at your questions. And I was like, that's something that they really need to know because that's huge that she happens to be the female mascot and she has that kind of background and has that kind of impact towards the organization and I bet a lot of people in the franchise don't really know that but it's that's huge for for Cincinnati
0: that is so much better than Mrs. Metz oh my gosh I'm so so happy about
2: this (laughs) Mrs. Metz
0: (laughs) my least favorite mascots Mr. and Mrs. Metz so yay I feel so much better now thank you that's an excellent historical fact I love that yeah yeah so if we go on the road And, you know, we have to go through Pulaski, of course, we have plans for that already. And then, (laughs) and then we head your way. Like we, we love minor league promotions are the best promotions. What's the one you're most looking forward to this summer? So we know what to aim for.
2: One of the ones that I'm looking forward to this year is my adoption night, because I have a, a huge heart, a huge humane heart. Um, We have an adoption night coming up that's sponsored by the Humane Society and it's kind of. Fans bring an item that's needed by our local shelters in the East Tennessee area, and they receive a dollar off their ticket, and each fan that brings an item to donate, that item is their kind of entry pass to get them a dollar off of their walk-up ticket, and all of that will be collected at the end of the night and written back to the Humane Societies in East Tennessee and the Humane Society of Greenville, who is the sponsor of our night. That is a
1: wonderful way to do it. I got to say that I was a little bit nervous because I already think that we're coming back from Pulaski with a cow. So like adding on a cat or two, that would have been rough.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I heard about their cow one. And then if you guys, you know, you guys have your pets and you're staying that night. um, Not too long after that, we've got our Margaritaville night coming up. So. Oh, that's um, our speed. Yeah. That one's a koozie giveaway. The. Uh, the game is followed by a huge fireworks show, and then after that, it's a post-game band that plays all the way until the last body is out of our gate. So feel free to come with your animals and your cow and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be those last bodies out of the <laughs> gate with the fireworks. Yeah, that you got us nailed there. Margarita night, koozies, we're good.
0: Fireworks, still yeah. good.
2: Mar- Margaritaville night and and the adoption night and the, the Jimmy Buffett burgers and, and all that stuff.
0: Most excellent. So, Kristen, we are so grateful that you took all this time with us because you are fascinating and wonderful and inspirational. And I'm not kidding; I do want to go work for you. Um, this is—we're just so happy to have you with us. Yeah,
1: we wish you all the best.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Good bye.
0: So this week the Cardinals are in town for four straight games. I'm only going to one of them, but you'll bet I'll be watching at least a couple more of those on TV. You're going to more of those.
1: I'm actually just going to Wednesday. We changed. Did so you? are you okay. going to Wednesday? I'm going to Wednesday. Okay. We'll see. You, so Potty see Mouth you and I will be
0: at a at a Wednesday night Cardinals game, and that's that's all the baseball we're going to this week. But yeah, I'm still looking forward to it. And things are so crazy busy here.
1: Yeah. With fantasy baseball, we have our fantasy baseball boyfriend league, boyfriend baseball league, whichever way it is. I am still on the rock bottom and I forgot to change my lineup yesterday. Yet again, I have serious pitching issues, but they could have been worse the week before. I actually remembered to change my lineup and I changed uh, Alex Reyes, who wasn't actually pitching. He was down in the minors. And then I heard today that he's not going to be pitching for a while I because said. he punched a wall and broke his pinky, which is very un-baseball boyfriend-like. I mean, we picked these guys, although this this has happened to some of my other boyfriends that have picked, but we picked these yeah. guys for their character and their pizzazz and their play and punching a wall, not a good idea. So yeah, I'm in the basement.
0: Well, I'm just happy that before we recorded again, I came out of my. I was briefly in fifth place. I dropped out of the top four, but I am back in the number four slot. So I'm a little relieved that the public knows me as number four. That happened really fast, number four, because yeah.
1: yesterday at the baseball game, we were sitting with the bottom half. I mean, I think we posted that here's the bottom half of the baseball. Yeah, league. there were four there of us. There we, we were
0: We were, you know, five, six, seven, and eight on the on the roster. But sorry to leave you, but there it is.
1: Tipping our hat to a wombo at the top and the leftovers in second place. Pretty (laughs) close together. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a race over there. Um, While we are sweating over our fantasy boyfriend baseball league and going to one Nationals game and only one Nationals game this week, please make sure you're telling your friends about the podcast. If you have a chance to rate it or leave a review, we would appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty
1: mouth.